Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. finally reached the end of Loki. Um, Not enough time. It's all about time. The whole essence is time. And I always say not enough time. And I think I was right. There's not enough time uh, for this last Loki episode six to you find yourself. So I've watched it twice and I feel that's not enough for this last episode because the first time when you watch things, it's not... I always feel now it's a lot harder to have like 100% undivided attention exactly not on what's trans as well as what's transpiring on screen but what is being said by each individual and this is definitely an episode where everything that's being said you have to pay attention to absolutely it's leading to so many things bigger than Loki so when I watched it the first time through I got the mechanics of obviously everything that transpired on screen. But then at the same time, my mind was like, I don't know if I properly processed everything that was (laughs) said in between this like three person trio, you know, kind of divulge into time and everything that exists. Uh, Honestly, absolutely the same as you. Like the first time I watched it, I got an idea of what was going on, but it took, you know, a lot of thought to process it all. And then I just watched it again earlier. And that really kind of starts streamlining things out as to what exactly, who exactly he who remains is, um, what his grand plan is, what the, you know, the ultimate threat is, which, you know, I was, I mean, by the way, we were both completely wrong in the last episode as to, (laughs) I say, I, I say completely wrong. I actually think you were more kind of, I don't know, having read around his character and what he could be and actually Doom is kind of apparently a different version of him in some way. So I don't know, you you were definitely more spot I was just the kind of weird pop culture guy who was trying to, you know, bring it all back together and I was just completely off. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. Uh, he Who Remains. Uh, yeah, I mean, wow. Uh, as you said, the whole episode as well, the way it was written, the performance of the characters i mean it was mainly just the three of them um and yeah every line was just you could just interpret it in so many ways and and kind of dissect it and you just want to dive into the whole history of the the multiverse and and him as a character and i mean will they ever do an origin story of his kind of character first coming across you know um being able to actually walk between different dimensions um and then meet with versions of himself to create all their realities into sort of these technological wonderlands all together i mean wow <laughs> yeah it's just it's it's the whole thing is setting up the the kind of phase for you know villain and and or villains really to you know and world so well that it's just oh god i can't wait i can't, I can't wait for <laughs> for doctor strange too i can't wait for the next ant-man i can't wait for also, Loki season two, you know, we'll, we'll get onto that more in a bit, you know, I'm sure. But yeah, it's just, 
it, yeah, you know, we've been loving this this series so much, and it was a really epic ending. Um, you know, it was more kind of talk than action in some ways, but all the talk was just so epic and so kind of filled with with just I don't know this kind of unknown danger that it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's so exciting. I, as I said, I just can't wait for what comes next. I mean, I feel this is obviously what happens and what transpires in, the, in this episode. And at the end, is obviously the kickoff of the multiverses. This is, I mean, technically this, uh, I mean, unless there's going to be other events in other films, which also leads to it. But I feel there was enough branches off that main timeline that we don't need other, any other events to kind of, you know, get involved there at all. But I really hope Absolutely. there's kind of, as Doctor Strange is very much this, all-seeing person who can go back in time he can really live different events and as we see in endgame he goes through all different types of possibilities and there's the celestial isn't there they're like a celestial realm or something realm within the realm that dr strange goes into i can't quite remember what it's called but it's when he becomes a different version of himself uh, and he could, i can't quite remember so forgive me let's for, just say uh, a dr strange variant <laughs> Yeah, yeah, why not? But I hope that there's kind of this almost like a five, ten minute. For me, I, I think this would be really cool. And it obviously won't happen all the way in Loki season two, because that would probably be far enough off that a bunch of movies would have come in between. But maybe in Doctor Strange or something, it would be so awesome if that film kicked off with a brief history of this guy the uh, he who remains of all his different variants of him trying to sort it out him sorting it out and then you go fast forward to the events that just happened at the end of loki and it's almost like a premonition that strange can have this and then he 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 can see that there's something something has happened that is going to transpire into those big problems but i would love for that to be like but we always say how we're such a fan of like those kind of you know intro scenes, which give you know that beautiful bit of context for you to really dive into the action right away, and you know like get get a bit of context for the character to set it all up. So yeah, I completely agree with you. Maybe they're saving it, you know, or well, saving it for season two. I mean, I hope it's kind of sooner because yeah, as you said, Doctor Strange will probably come sooner than season two. So that would definitely really, and it would be a, I think a good way to also tie up the film um with the, with the series world because you have to appreciate that not everyone is watching the films and the series so you have to kind of you know give it some this, this is this is my meaning in the sense that not everyone that's going to walk into a cinema or whether it comes out on premiere access or whatever it is is going to have seen the loki series that's going to go and see to doctor strange because we have the same thing that we discuss on here multiple times on how you have these series and the ones that end up in the cinema, we know, has to always appeal to a broader audience, has to appeal to that audience that aren't going to be, whether it's watching these shows in between or reading books in between or comics in between, whatever kind of the way they're wanting to tell their story, the story still has to have enough pieces on it on the big screen that someone going in fresh is so as, as fresh as the person who's going to be just watching Black Widow and then going to... I think it's, it's a Spider-Man or Eternals, whichever order it is, someone who's just watching that still completely understands where they're going. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, classic comic um, lore, 
So am I right in saying that uh, essentially He Who Remains is a, a take on Kang the Conqueror from the comics? So this is all, I, I, I've been reading up on this and it's, mm. some people are saying he's not the Kang the Conqueror and some people are saying, oh, he, there's so many similarities between him and Kang the Conqueror. So I feel it. So Kang the Conqueror is not a character I'm 100% familiar with. Right. Uh, I'm more familiar with like the Doctor Dooms and the Thanoses yeah. um, of this world, not so much Kang the Conqueror. I know of the character. I know been around for a long time and appeared in many comics but hasn't been ones that I've always I, I feel he's maybe appeared in a few comics that I've read over the years but hasn't been a villain that I've sat with so I feel it's still or at least the way Marvel want us to think it's up for interpretation as to who this person is and also I guess it's up for it's, it's the big guessing game isn't it that's what they want us to live it's one who this person is to a certain extent or we're probably never going to find out because they they also they love to leave loose ends so that a lot of people can go down that rabbit hole and forget about the big rabbit hole over to the right which has all the answers yeah <laughs> they want us to go down the little kang the conqueror rabbit hole and spiral about that for like a year until it finally reveals that don't even worry about that guy it's not important <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, having watched it the second time and really getting you know your, my head around you know the sort of um, character. I mean, what a wild kind of theme, isn't it? Just a, a kind of multiversal version of himself is just his. Yeah, I, I I just thought it was so interesting to kind of loop it around in terms of you know like essentially he can't control his own genius really. Uh, and and the fact that it was such a kind of uh, it was I don't know the basis was just I say science really that he's a scientist and he just gets out I I, I thought it was just such a it's so interesting because we've been dealing with so much kind of time and space and now it's just yeah that it, it's kind of a, a, yeah a, a genius scientist who just can't really uh, yeah harness his power properly or you know or control what he unleashes. Um, which is, it's an interesting sort of classic take on, you know, like, I suppose, like, you know, Frankenstein and praying the monster and then he can't control it. And here it's, it's it just, uh, uh, it's interesting, you know, having, because having rewatched really the Marvel movies yet again recently and seeing Thanos and, you know, the Titans and how you become accustomed to these sort of otherworldly beings who are just so incredibly powerful. And I, I just, yeah, I love this kind of complete, flip on its head really that it's actually just a normal guy who's unbelievably powerful because he's just so smart and able to really collaborate with himself across universes it's yeah i'm just really looking forward to seeing actually what sort of villain he is i suppose because it, he's not going to be i mean even though he can destroy everything i suppose in the blink of an eye he's i don't know it's going to be an interesting sort of take i think you know in terms of how they present him kind of jumping across time and space you know either going to be interesting take so to speak or there isn't going to be a take to a certain extent in the sense that like does sylvie inherit anything by the actions that she has made in regards to taking him out does does that mean she is now i wouldn't say in control but if he was able to sort everything out he must there must be some sort of whether it's power wielding or just knowing how to put things together or separate things or make things work in a particular way so yeah. maybe 
I hope we get more of this character because I found him quite interesting. So I, I feel it's definitely someone, at least a variant of himself, that we could see brought back in Loki season two. But of course, because we don't know, this is the big thing, because we don't know where Loki season two sits in regards to release and story, like we just said, there could be one film, two film, three, four, and four series in between all this happening. So a lot can happen between season one and season two. If the the season two obviously is confirmed, give us more than six episodes or at least give us more time. In each episode, I think that'd be a massive benefit. <laughs> One thing I did notice that I thought was, uh, I I feel it's just a little link, and maybe it's called an Easter egg. I'm not even sure if it is. But the fact that people love to tell stories, and I was going to say this is just in the Marvel thing, but this also happens in Man of Steel through liquid metal. Liquid, like a type of substance that's like a liquid metally substance is how people tell stories. It happened in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 when Kurt Russell's character told Star-Lord about his whole, like, existence. And he Absolutely. These weird, like, you know, bodies getting moulded out of this yeah. weird substance. And it happened on this guy's desk, as well as it also happens in Man of Steel. Um, and I feel on the technology that they use on Krypton or something has this like liquefied metal type thing. So what is it with telling stories? It's I mean, like, it's the futuristic cool way to tell a story rather than bringing up an iPad and pushing play. <laughs> yeah. I, I think didn't Jafar have something similar in Aladdin as well, where he was <laughs> creating things out of sand as well. So it's been you know something in animation for a while, you know, but now it's just the Marvel universe equivalent, really. I don't know what we'd call it really. Uh, it's sort of uh I don't know, um, <laughs> kind of a history player, sand player. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I, I love the, those little animations though as well. And also, I mean, this is the thing is that, so Loki, uh, Loki, Loki is supposed to be the, I mean, essentially the kind of leader of the universe really, because with Sylvie, because, you know, that's the, the, what he's worked out is the perfect fit for it, which is quite interesting because Loki's always being told that he's actually, you know, second fiddle to the hero. But actually, he's, I suppose, intending to become the leader. And, and what I was wondering in this episode is, you know, when he says that he's crossing, crossing the threshold, is that the point where Sylvie decides that she's going to kill him? And then at that point, he no longer can see what's happening because essentially his fate is decided, you know? which isn't something that he wrote because he's going to be dead, you know? And so (laughs) that I I thought was quite interesting because, I mean, I suppose, yeah, as I said, Loki is supposed to be the the kind of the the leader of time, really. I mean, he he was supposed to take over, him and and Sylvie, which is... uh, One thing that kind of, like, uh, slightly... I mean, it's obviously because it's... she just have a diff- different perception of things, but Sylvie kind of had this, they had this camaraderie and they had this companionship very much like developed quickly. And then they had it going in and it was almost like, and there was the kiss as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, but Loki came out always on top as the more compassionate one out of the two and the more concerning one out of the two and you have the moment before they get into the before they go into this castle where they're outside where she hesitates to go in 
yeah. and he kind of questions it and she's like just i just need a minute um you know to make this decision or whether whether she should go through with it or not and i was like it, when you watch the rest of the episode you're like well this is rich because then loki asks for a minute later on and you've got no you're like nope yeah. no, doing this now i just gave you a minute outside when you thought all oh, this wasn't even 100 percent in your head and you're not giving me a minute inside so many questions. Yeah. One little side note: um, the set, what, yeah. that is lovely. The yeah. the special effects, firstly, of the timeline of the rock, of the whole kind of floating asteroid, whatever they're on. The look, Citadel at the end of time, I the believe. Citadel it's at the end of time oh, looked great, beautiful. Yeah. Um, but you could clearly see where it was an actual set when they obviously got closer and they were within. Oh, that looked amazing. This kind of cracked black marble yeah. with uh, slight hints of different color in and the whole, the whole hats off to the set design and decorators and people on that particular scene. Cause that looked absolutely stunning. Yeah, absolutely. It gave me Tim Burton vibes, you know, the, the ceiling and, and the kind of Gothic nature of it is, it was so cool, especially, you know, I mean, most of the episode was based in, in that room, you know. Um, so it just had, it had to be an epic room. And, and then seeing the timeline at the end kind of breaking up behind them. And I mean, that was just wild, you know, really. It's kind of <laughs> the most intense fireworks you could ever see in the sky, really, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. And we also get, I mean, this this episode is a conclusion at, at the same time. It's a beginning. So it's obviously a very, it's not a conventional end to a series in a certain extent because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so large and there's so many stories to think on. There's so many interlinking storylines and characters. So we almost come to the end. And in the same way we did with WandaVision, we come to the end of Loki knowing that whatever transpires is having ramifications on what is to come in mainly more so probably in the films than the tv shows but we obviously don't know that yet but it very much seems that way it seems that especially loki and wandavision are heavily linking i would say into probably um doctor strange and ant-man more yeah. so because of the quantum realm and different realms and different multiverses Obviously, they could very easily link into the Eternals because they are beings that stand the test of time. Uh-huh. But it's all, of course, and then Spider-Man's this multiverse. There's, there's so many options. There's so many options. <laughs> it's, it's hard to put them all together. Um, but it's yeah. it was very intriguing. But then, of course, we get brighter. And I didn't even catch this the first properly the first time. Something in my head went off and I didn't it didn't really quite click until I watched it the second time. And when I watched it the second time, that was when I was in the way that when Loki gets put back to the TVA, but it's a different TVA. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, and I mean, I did in the sense that I saw the statue and the, the statue was obviously different. It wasn't the three timekeepers anymore. Yeah. It was he who remains was the main statue. And then we obviously have the interaction with Morbius where Morbius doesn't even know who he is yeah. or just thinks he's a TVA agent and, and nothing more. And yeah. I love those little elements. It's almost like 
we've given you everything you needed, so to speak, in the end of this episode. But we're also just going to give you this slight little extra twist where you're going to go, what? So there's yeah. another TVA? Like, he's already gone into a multiverse. That's how quick this has happened. Absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, you know, he, he kind of, you know, it, it's what he who remains said, you know, that he was essentially going to see them very soon and essentially be reborn. And, yeah, I mean, the speed at which it happened was, you know, kind of surprising, but a great ending as well, absolutely. And, yeah, as you said, I mean, you know, this is, it really is, <laughs> like, watching the timeline break up, it, fe- it felt like a huge sort of jump for Marvel in terms of what the possibilities are now. You know, as you said, like, bringing in other multiverses and, you know, even, like, you know, franchises such as X-Men even, you know, that that would that'd be one I'd be interested to see, having been a, a fan of X-Men growing up. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so much. And also, you know, I, I love the 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 kind of sore story of Elioth being, you know, a being created from the splits in time and space. And I'm curious mm-hmm. to see how that's going to play out going forwards. Cause clearly now there's going to be so many splits in time and space and what sort of kind of, you know, universal, you know, epic weapons are we going to see really? Um, kind of giant creatures in consuming galaxies and stuff like that. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm interested to see what he who remains was describing in terms of this kind of multiversal war and how they're going to, really portray something that um that absolutely huge you know <laughs> i mean so the big thing is now is what is kind of what, what have we got coming up in the sense that so we have loki rapping now we obviously yep. have the animated series of what if which is going to be just really enjoyable as a little side thing that's going on so to speak but in terms of the movies the next obviously black widow black widow has just come yep. Um, we will be chatting Black Widow, but we will be chatting Black Widow next week. Um, mm. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Eternals and Spider-Man are all coming this year. So that's, as well, that's, that's three big. So September, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, November, Eternals, and December, Spider-Man No Way Home. And then, of course, I feel the next time we are getting... We also we got two series as well. We got Hawkeye and Miss Marvel, and um, we're referenced more to Hawkeye when we talk about a certain thing. Um, but yeah, so there's like there's a lot of world building going on. We're in the beginnings. It's funny to think we're in the beginning stages of Phase Four. This is where we yeah. are. And it's all, if you think about it, we started Iron Man in about 2008, I want to say. And that ran all the way through to Endgame, which I believe was 2019, I think. Yeah. 2019. Um, So it's a fair 11 years worth of storytelling. So we've got a good 11 years worth of this particular storytelling to maybe come to a culmination where there is like an Avengers-style event which is the culmination of all these stories and so many unbelievable moving parts. It'll probably be really interesting to see yeah. where it evolves. And do we have one of those events almost like for the Disney Plus series and for the films? Because there'd be too much to tell, surely. I mean, and also, you know, in terms of, you know, I was just talking about kind of un- galaxies kind of going to war, but also, you know, you've got the whole quantum realm stuff with Ant-Man and, and all the possibilities that lie there, which... Yeah, I feel that there's going to be a lot more there as well. And all of this is kind of going to be one huge physics, you know, 
kind of lesson for us all, really, um, which I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to. I, I find all of this really fascinating. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they take these storylines into these different uh, different kind of uh, sizes, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, big shout out as well to uh, Jonathan Majors, you know, who played He Who Remains. And I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of him going forwards as well and like the different versions of himself that he plays. Because yes. I, I don't know if you've seen him, like if you've seen him in a few other things. He's been in quite a few things recently. I mean, he's kind of jumped he, out. Was he in that HBO, um, was he in Lovecraft Country? That's right. So he was in Lovecraft Country, which I have to say, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. But I thought, but it wasn't anything to do with the acting. It was just, I found... As a fan of Lovecraft myself, I found the story kind of, I don't know, non-Lovecrafty. It was just a bit more intense rather than the kind of Lovecraft vibe. But anyway, but he was great in it as an actor. Um, and also, he was also uh, in The Five Bloods, which was... Oh, like, Spike Lee's The Five Bloods as well. Yeah. yeah. So, he, I mean, he's like a rising star now, isn't he? He's yeah. He's been around doing stuff for a while, but he's kind of... Now it's kicking into the next level, and I'm very, very. Oh, so okay. I mean, sorry. I'm just looking this up now, and we <laughs> apologise, or I apologise, or who, someone apologises. <laughs> <laughs> On IMDb, I didn't know this. That sometimes, guys, we, me and Artif, we like to experience these things. We like to watch them. And we like to make up our own kind of guessing games. And sometimes we look online for a bit of extra help on what people think connecting the dots between certain things. But a lot of the times we just like to experience it. <laughs> sometimes we like to go in not knowing everything and not knowing every single possible bit of information that can possibly come out. We just like to see it as it goes and digest it in our own way and live with it in that way and, and enjoy it in that way. But so obviously now because we're talking about Jonathan Majors and just have his IMDb up in the background. And <laughs> lo and behold, he is in Ant-Man and the Wasp playing Kang the Conqueror. So, ah. Ah. well, this completely reverts back to what we were saying right at the beginning, where we're like, no, I don't think he is Kang the Conqueror. A variant of himself is Kang the Conqueror. So here we go. Kang the Conqueror is coming into Marvel. If you didn't know it already, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Now that is 2023 release. So it's obviously quite a jump. Now you kind of feel, oh. I don't know if the Marvel release schedule, as we haven't had it yet in the same way we've had Mandalorian goes through to season three now, the Marvel series, TV shows, we don't know what, kind of formation they're following in the sense that some of them very much seem to be limited series some are like we just found out we're locally going to go into another series does that mean we're getting once every year don't know does that mean we're going to get once every one to two three years don't know so this is what's going to be interesting so we have kang the conqueror he's definitely coming into it and man and the wasp this this is obviously a variant of he who remains or maybe it's all one big trick we don't know but it's all once again something extremely interesting to see it's another stanley and jack kirby creation that is coming onto the big screen which is great um mm. he's obviously a big villain now it said we didn't really know too much about him but we do have the info here he is a main opponent of avengers mm -hmm. and fantastic four and we're getting a fantastic four movie oh my god don't know when we're getting it but we're getting it so it just, it's <laughs> just everything too exactly. many variations uh, kudos to the people who are sitting in the main 
story room, which in my mind now looks like this citadel at the end of time, which it probably yeah. is. They probably just borrowed that set from the storytellers of Marvel who are writing these interlinks of these like 50 different projects at the same time. This yeah. Citadel is actually for those story writers because by, I think it's hard enough for Star Wars to connect itself and they usually miss out on a fair few opportunities, but it's even more impossible for Marvel, but they seem to be doing it. Absolutely, you know, and... As you said, how many variants are we going to get of, of He Who Remains, you know? How, how many remains are there going to be? Um, I think that's going to be a big kind of driver going forward, really, for, for Phase 4. Um, and as you said, yeah, if, if he's Kang the Conqueror or whoever else, I mean, it's just... Wow! Can't wait. Can't wait, Ben. Put it this way, we can't wait to see what happens. We are very happy happy to see way more screen time from Mr. Jonathan Majors. Bring him in. He was very brilliant in this one episode that we've seen him so far. So he will be a brilliant person to continue into many different Marvel projects over the time. And also like having Hiddleston like still as Loki, still in the Marvel universe. I mean, you know, just and, and also I mean just the I mean we have to just say like Loki was such a bloody great series. Six episodes of some of the best TV you can you can ever watch. I mean, overall, I have to say, you know, as I've been saying, it, it was a near flawless kind of series of of just pure entertainment, great acting, fantastic writing, a great transition to you know taking kind of <laughs> well the transition into Phase Four really and really kicking that off. Um, I mean, in so many ways, it's just been so entertaining you know uh, all the actors Owen Wilson Tom Hiddleston you know Sophia de, de Martina I mean it's just been so great <laughs> I've had such a great time I'm though. gonna I'm gonna put it as well it's 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 just pipped into my number one so so far we've had three Loki is sitting at number one one division is sitting at number two Falcon and the Winter Soldier is sitting at number three I'm, I've thoroughly enjoyed all of them. I extremely enjoyed Loki. I very much enjoyed One Division, and I enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So it's like praises across the board, but I feel Loki and One Division were just a, a, a next level up, and yeah. and Loki just slightly pipped One Division to the post for me in regards to the quality we have seen so far for the Marvel shows. I'm thoroughly looking forward to in the coming weeks what if which we are going to be covering the animated marvel series and of course star wars visions which we will talk more about when it actually comes out of course but that's our final thought on and that's our conclusion on loki season finale we'll probably talk about it more when we talk about other marvel stuff but thanks yeah. for joining uh, joining us on the loki ride and we'll see you on thursday with some more bad batch Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the force be with you.